All this trip on me, I feel amazing Tell me you're so special, it's the occasion And I pop champagne like it's a celebration All across the nation Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Shirtless Plantain Show with On The Whistle. This is the AFCON pod. As we told you, we'll be working with the great guys um, at On The Whistle. Alistair, you can say hi anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's good. It's good to be to be with you guys, to, to be putting out some content with you guys. And I'm glad to, to come on today as well, having listened to your guys' preview. And I can't remember if it was you or Dean talking about how you have Nigeria as one of the favorites ahead of Cote d'Ivoire. And so I'm here to, to kind of push back against that Nigerian propaganda. <laughs> I can't lie. <laughs> oh, do, do you know what? I think, it, I think, I think it was me, but as a Nigerian, you just kind of just have to, you, you oh, of course, to, man. You, you, you also, yeah. I speak to Nigerians here and they're all like, oh man, Nigeria is awful. Blah, blah, blah. It's awful. And then you, then you ask like, who's going to win the tournament. Oh, Nigeria, man. Nigeria going to win it. <laughs> that's, that's us as a people summed up, you know? So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, guys, if, if you don't know, Alistair, is very fortunately in the Cote d'Ivoire right now. He was um, at the opening game for the build-up. He's doing a lot of great um, media work there. Um, I just want to kind of talk to us a little bit about the, I suppose, the, the build-up to the opening game, you know, your journey there and whatnot and what it was like, just the atmosphere in general. So, Yeah, man, it was, it was, it was fire, to be honest. I think for me, it's interesting being in, in, in Abidjan because, you know, the thing I love about Afcon is you get so many different footballing cultures, right? Yeah. And and you have like, you know, I've I've done a lot of stuff in Morocco recently, and they're like there's such passion for for the club football for the national team. It's like yeah. aggressive, their pyrotechnics, tifos is brilliant. Like yeah. you know, every touch when you're in the stadium, the opposition is booed, whistled. And then you get others where it's like, you know, say like Tanzania or you know, a lot of places in, in southern and east Africa where it's just like a wall of noise, like there's no organization, but it's just noise, noise, noise. <laughs> Whereas here, I think because there's no, you know, you have one or two really good clubs like Asik Mosa and stuff, but there's not an stat. The, the league isn't really strong and there isn't a real culture of kind of stadium going football. Yeah. So it's more just like, it's just like a big party. Like it's, it's just, everyone is having a great time. Like I'm staying across from like this mall and like yesterday morning at like seven, you had them setting up a stage and like dancers. And this is just like at a random mall. Like, and they're like, everyone is just out in force. And even on our way to the stadium, it's like almost 15K from the center of the, of the city to the stadium. So it's, it's not wow. close, but the whole way, man, it took us like two hours to get there because it, the streets are just packed. Like the whole place is orange. I've never seen a country where so many people are wearing the national team football kit. Wow. And especially like I've worn kit is so like, it, it's so bright, so orange. Like this whole city is just orange, man. <laughs> um, I can't lie. It's 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 essentially a big party. I, I mean, I'm so here for it. I love it. That's that that sounds fantastic. fantastic. Only honestly, and this is what I love about international football, international tournaments. It it's it's so different to club football that it almost I almost get annoyed at how much disrespect you know not only just the Afcon gets, but just international football in general gets. We don't mm -hmm. want as many friendly. We just want better quality tournaments actual tournaments that the map that matter we don't need 15 friendlies in between these tournaments you know what i mean because again it's taxing on the players and it's just you know it's 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 not great but the tournaments itself itself like you see like you know 
just how how much it means to, to the to the people like you like you said everybody's wearing orange you know in a month's time it's not going to be the same do you know what i mean it's just mm-hmm. yeah, everyone's everyone switches on it's it's really really refreshing i just i love i've been looking forward to this for so, for so so much um i don't know i don't know what people what people's experiences are with opening ceremonies but a few that stick in my mind and i've been around a little <laughs> for a little bit um you know, I think USA '94 was one for the, for the World Cup. Um, the 2002 in in Japan in, in Japan and South Korea as well was another one as well. Like, what what are the stark differences between those sort of open ceremonies and that Afcon ceremony opening ceremony? I, yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not one for opening ceremonies that yeah. much. I, I'm not. I haven't seen loads, and the ones I have, I've not been super impressed. But like. Yeah. Some of them, like the Qatar World Cup, it felt yeah. like this kind of like cultural expo, like yeah. you know, representing you know this kind of ethereal thing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really vibe with it. But here, bro, it just felt like a concert yeah. that was just like brilliantly done. It was, it was, it was amazing. Like, and 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 I think what I loved about it in particular is one thing that they've gotten right here is like the the the, the song, the tournament theme song, whatever, Aquaba. Yeah is is a it's a banger because yeah. magic magic systems just they, they don't they don't miss when it comes they, to this they haven't ever missed <laughs> yeah exactly like they and and everyone in Cote d'Ivoire knows the song so yeah. like and when they got on stage like them and yemi alade like it was fire because yeah. everyone was singing along it just felt like you were at like like an afrobeats concert it was it was so good and even like they had daju and pike you know, you know, Part of my friend's pronunciation but they, they were fire like honest honestly it just felt like you're like i said it just felt like a big party like a big festival um, and like, yeah especially when the fireworks went up like i think yeah people loved it, it was yeah it was, honestly it was, it was the best opening ceremony i've ever ever seen that see, see and I, I loved that i would have loved to be able to be to be able to have seen the whole thing but unfortunately the coverage mm. pretty much everywhere apart from probably inside africa has been very very bad um so nah, I, even south africa has not been good i can't lie oh wow wow of contention yeah here it's it's yeah it's, wow. it's not it's not just in europe where where the afcon gets disrespected sadly wow because i mean sky sports opened open up at 7 45 which i believe to my reckoning was about 25 minutes before kickoff Mm-hmm. Like, that's just ridiculous like where's the actual build i mean you just look at what they do for the euros or whatnot i mean they're starting two or three hours ahead of kickoff do you know what i mean like it's just it's ridiculous so yeah um but in general but 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 in general i think we're just gonna have to accept it for you know because i remember in 2021 um uh, afcon on this particular podcast, we spoke about it again, you know, just not getting the correct, you know, and the right the right screen time for all of these things. You know, I think it's so important. Tournaments are obviously are all about the football, but also it's about people being able to learn about, you know, the host country and stuff like that. And that mm-hmm. Those kind of things happen when there's a, you know, there's a correct amount of build-up and stuff like that. So, I mean, I remember, I mean, we've all watched the World Cup, we've all watched this. How many times have we seen the commentators spend the time in the city that they're in, you know, learning yeah. about, do you know what I mean? We just, we just don't get that. that and, and let me tell you, the, the, the commentary from all the, the British stuff, like yeah. Sky, yeah. B- BBC, either they're using the world feed, yeah. which, is rec- which is recorded in Paris, yeah. and when they will get their own people to to do it i think i was speaking to the bbc guys and they might get someone to come out for the final oh wow. but that's it otherwise they'll just be recording it in in england in in salford and i, I think sky in london to to re, re, like recording the commentary but in in the uk so there'll be none of that capturing color kind of 
oh. being a part of it. Yeah, the England, bro. This is probably my favorite part about being here is not being in the UK for, for the coverage. I can't yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I won't lie to you. There's a little bit of jealousy creeping in there because <laughs> it's just, it's really, it's really frustrating. I mean, like, yeah. these things, these things matter and they are, they like, they're fun. Like, they're generally, mm-hmm. generally fun. Like, le- learning is fun, you know, for, for a lot of people, I hope, anyway. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose we're here for the football as well. Um, let's talk lineups, and we're gonna get to Avery as well. I want to kind of, kind of talk Guinea Bissau a little bit. Um, a few players to me stood out initially: Diallo, um, the centre back, um, number mm-hmm. four. Um, while I hadn't seen pretty much anything of him, like it was highlighted that he played in Spain, I think in the fifth division or something like that. Um, Carlos Mane as well. Again, and I think it was, was it, I can't remember if it was Bikel Semedo. One of them has actually played for both Porto and um, Sporting Lisbon, but in their youth teams. So there's, you know, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's quite a bit of experience of these guys, you know, trudging around Europe or whatnot, obviously because of diaspora ties to Portugal as well kind of thing. Is there, mm. Were there any surprises for, for this in this lineup? For me, the biggest surprise actually was was up front because obviously the, the big the big hitter in this team is Mama Balde. Yeah, uh, obviously playing playing in France uh, and and he you know he's been their biggest player for ages. Yeah, uh, and and he's been the threat, but he's not he's not a center forward. Yeah, he's he's more of a winger kind of stroke forward. Um, you know, playing. But for me, so that what I was hoping for was to see see the guy who came on in the second half, Brentolino Jew. Yeah. plays in in Denmark for Michelin and he's having like a terrific season in Michelin. Yeah. He's like been, a, been been really good up front and I think because he's so young and he only recently kind of linked up with the national team I think they decided to go with like Carlos Mane on the left Valde yeah. to the front middle. Yeah. And for me that was the biggest kind of disappointment because because Ju has a lot of a lot going for him but I mean it was always going to be tricky for for, uh, for Guinea-Bissau, they've never won a game at the AFCON. I yeah. think this is now eight games in a row they haven't scored. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, and and they qualified for the last four AFCONs. And, yeah, and I mean it. it's the same coach. It's the same coach that's taken them to the full AFCON. So he's clearly doing something right in that regard of, of getting them there. <laughs> Bro, let me tell you, he's not just like this coach is wild, Basir Kande. Yeah. So okay, he was he coached the national team from 2001 to 2010. Yeah. Then left. Came back six years later and has been coaching them since. So he, he coached them to their four four Afcon because uh, their first Afcon was 2017. So he's coached them to their four four Afcon qualifier. But the guy has been in charge for like almost 20 years now. Um, of, of the national team is crazy. But actually, I was speaking with some Guinea Bissau guys, and they're you know I think there's a frustration with him now, yeah. which surprised me because I was like, yo, this is a tiny country. Like qualifying is. So impressed they beat they beat your lot in the qualifiers yep. in 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 Lagos or Abuja I can't remember, but yeah they're saying that actually there's there's a lot of frustration because you know they they haven't like I said they haven't scored in a game they haven't won a, a game at the tournament um, so it was a, it was a little disappointing from from uh, Guinea Bissau I think and I think you know they came out with a plan and then immediately uh, uh, Fofana scores a banger and that kind of. It's yeah. out the window, and suddenly, you know, they have to try and score, and say, you know, Kodiwad just cruise, cruise to it. Yeah, I mean, I suppose let's, I suppose let's, let's get to the Ivory Coast. Um, it's just in comparison to, you know, to Guinea Bissau, but to a lot of teams, it's a star-studded side. Um, looking just going through their midfield, you know, mm-hmm. they could, they could afford to leave, you know, Seri on the bench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
Um, and Dika, who obviously plays for he plays for Roma, he's been linked to pretty much every big league, every other big league in Europe. Um, I actually think for me that one of the biggest surprises there was the goalkeeper being left out. Um, so what what about you? For for uh, for me, it wasn't a surprise that 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 Yaya Fofana started. I think yeah. for me that was where the biggest questions were around this team because. Yeah. Like you said, this is a star. This is such a good team. Like it's not it, it's not star studded in the sense of, of previous Cote d'Ivoire sides. You know, they don't have a Didier Drogba, they don't have a Yaya Toure. But in terms of the quality and particularly that midfield is yeah. unreal. Like Ibrahim Sangar, we haven't seen quite the best of him at, at Nottingham Forest. We've seen no, glimpses. And you know, I think because both Kessie and, and more so Fofana have gone to Saudi. Yeah. They've, they've gone off the radar for a lot of people, but Fofana is, is such a baller. Like, he's, yeah. he's the closest thing to a Yaya Toure that, yeah. that, that I've seen. You know, he's not quite technically as, as much of a baller as, as Toure because Yaya Toure is just I mean, I mean, we say that, but we look, we look at his goal and yeah. how many like the balance and the touches to yeah. like it was just so unreal. It actually did remind me of Yaya Toure a little bit because, you know, being able to, to hold off like three or four players while taking all those touches to get out of your feet was just fantastic on it. That, those are the type of goals I, I really, really enjoy, man. But um, the balance of play, I think, do you know what? Both teams gave as good as they got, but they're real. But what I what I enjoy, but also what kind of disappoints a little bit, a little bit is not from a, not from a, you know, because one team is just not good enough. It's, it's more about, you know, I like, I like upsets and stuff like that. It kind of went how I expected. The team of the better players were clearly the better team, mm-hmm. and I was kind of hoping for a little bit, you know, a little bit more from Guinea Bissau, despite them actually playing quite well. And I feel like a lot of the a lot of the things they were trying, you know, they were trying to, you know, sucker in Ivory Coast a little bit, and then hit them on the counter, or, you know, or just play or just play clever passes in, into midfield kind of thing, and kind of move them around a little bit. But Ivory Coast, whenever they just want to step it up, they just stepped it up, and yeah. Guinea Bissau couldn't live with them at all. It was. It was really fascinating to be honest, just to see traditionally, you know, good sides just asserting themselves. You know, football such a has become such a tactical sport where nowadays, even if you have good players, it doesn't guarantee you the win. But yesterday just seemed like such a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I think I think that's that's spot on, man. Like yeah. I think with Cote d'Ivoire, you know, becoming into the host, they've got to be one of the favorites. They have a good team. Yeah. You know, they were a mess a couple of years ago, but yeah. with Jean Duc, I said they've done really well. I think yeah, the question is always with the big teams, like how can you manage these these games? And you know, even like last Afcon, I think we saw so many of the big teams struggling in the group stage. I think you know, huge part of that is down to to COVID and how that yeah. impacted preparation. But bro, it was so comfortable. Like yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, like Guinea Bissau played well. You know, there was a couple times they got in behind. They you know, I think they did well to to kind of target that kind of single Diomande uh, kind of uh, right side of the defense, which yeah. is not a natural right back more of a center back so kind of he looked a little a little out of position and Jomande obviously got subbed off kind of in the 70th minute which for center back is quite rare so I think they you know they had a game plan to get to get kind of Balde uh, Mama Balde and, and and Carlos Mane kind of attacking that yeah but yeah but Cotiba just managed it so well like and like you said you know they were they're kind of comfortable at the game weren't weren't necessarily like dominating but then yeah. like at those moments where they just said all right let's step it up and and they did and and they showed that they had the quality and I think for me that's that's what's scary about this team yeah. because it was so comfortable. They could rotate everyone. You know, they were making subs, as, you know, early in the second half, bring on people like Pepe, you know, Willie Willy Bolly, getting, getting, you know, uh, 
you know, one player who I think is really, really interesting, and I hope he gets more time, is Karim Konate. I don't think he had yeah. the best game yesterday, but watching him, he's such a talent. He came through yeah. here for, for Asik Mimosa here in Abidjan and then moved to, to RB Leipzig, uh, Salzburg, and he, he's so good, um, and he is, he's going to be their, their star of the future. For sure. But for me, that, that's the scary thing about this team is they don't even have their strongest lineup yet. You know, they're yep. missing Sebastian Ale. Alain, yep. who's by far their best center forward and world yep. class and they're missing probably their best winger in simon adingra yeah and so you know, both of them are still with the squad both of them are expected to, to come back so i think you know they already look good that front three of Kratso, you know bam bam boga look pretty good yeah but then you throw in adingra and, and haller and suddenly this is a really really good team. Side, man you know and yeah. We've joked, you know, we always, well, we're going to be joking about the entire tournament, but, you know, we talk about all these players that play in Europe and they look great in Europe, kind of thing, and then AFCON is the great equaliser. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of scared that might not be the case this tournament. <laughs> I'm, I'm, wor I'm worried that all the good players are going to actually show up, and that's that's not my AFCON. That's not AFCON I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think what it is is, is AFCON is a great equaliser, and you have to you have to have but it's more you have to have experience yeah. on the continent and and you know i think the last tournament we saw some of the guys for cote d'ivoire who hadn't had experience so like fofana he turned down a lot of calls up call-ups yeah. for the ivorian team which is why he's kind of only come through quite late we saw like wilfred zaha you know do the same you know make play for england and then come to cote d'ivoire he just couldn't couldn't hack it in the end he and he really struggled but I think that's the thing is now these guys have got time under their belt playing on the continent because, like you said, AFCON is a great equalizer. You need to have experience playing on the continent, playing in the conditions that, that often arise. And, the, yeah, I think that's the thing is these guys, they've, they've been able to not rush bringing in some of the European-born players. They brought them in, had a couple of years under their belt, and now they're looking like a proper, a proper team. So, yeah, I think, I think Cote d'Ivoire, are, are, they're looking scary. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the game on Thursday. I know obviously Nigeria play a little bit later today, but that's the one I'm I'm really looking forward to as well. Do you see a place for um Jean Michael Seri in the in the in this team? Because um he's he's one of my favorite types. His profile is one of my favorite types of, of midfielder for sure. But I'm almost I'm almost looking at thinking, why would you rock the boat with, with Sangare, Kese and 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 Fofana, you know? Honestly, I, I agree with you. I love Jean-Michel Serri. And, and for me, like, he was one of the biggest disappointments for me when he came to, to, to Fulham and kind yeah. of just didn't cut it. And same with, like, Frank Zambo and Gisa, like, clearly such good players, but then got ruined by that kind of Fulham team that just bought everyone, you know, yeah. was doing, doing their best Chelsea impression. But I, I'll be honest, especially with the profile that these three guys have, yeah. bro, their, their engines are unreal. Like, yeah. Like yeah, Seko Fofana came and did the the press conference after after the match. Oh, we're gonna um, get to that. But like, but you walked past me, yeah. And and bro, I was just shook. He he looked like he was on the way to the gym. Like he did, he did not look like no sweat, no stress. Like he's just chilling. Like I, bro, I was exhausted by the end of the game, and yeah. he was just chilling. like. So for me, I think Jomi Sasseri has has a place in terms of his you know brilliant technician, great at kind of retaining possession, and and maybe if, if Sangare you know is, is getting tired, he can come in. But even even I think it was it was uh, was Omar Diakite who came, or no, is it just Adumbia who came in kind of as as that replacement? But man, those three, particularly Kessie and 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 uh, and in particular Fofana, they're so good and and they have such engines. I don't see them like honestly ever getting subbed. That, that's yeah. As much as I, as I agree with you, I like Seri. I don't see him get breaking into this team.
Yeah, what about what about another veteran, um, Max Gradle? By the way, I I just can't stand him, and I, I can't extend, I can't explain why. But yeah, never when he was at Leeds, couldn't stand him. Um, he's like, I think he's one of the, I think he might be the oldest player at the uh, in in the squad right now. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Ahmed Moose in the fact that you mm -hmm. know, like, should, why are you still getting call ups? Yeah. What are you doing? Um, I mean, like, literally, go start a family or something. I don't know, like. You shouldn't you, you shouldn't be around. Like, do you, do you see make do you see making an impression here? Or? Nah, man, this guy is here for the vibes. He yeah. must, you know, you know, like the like the Connor Cody types. You know, he's yes. a good lad. It's like <laughs> that's that's the only thing I can think because I'll be honest. Because like I said, like even, even coming off the bench, you know, even they have Nicolas Pepe. They have yeah. when Adinger comes back, that's both their wings covered. Like. Yeah. I just don't see. Nah, he's he's there for the vibes, man. Like, there's and nothing else. Like, I can't lie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not a fan. I just can't lie. I just want to shit. I want to shit on him a little bit. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, press con press conference. Um, I suppose. What are your biggest takeaways from you know what Guinea Bissau? What um, so what um, the Guinea Bissau manager um, Conde had to say. Uh, I mean, press conferences are always you know the. They're kind of finding a million different ways to say absolutely nothing. Um, that is true. Yeah. But I, I think I think for him, like you could see, he was he was he was striving. Like you know, he was he was having a hard time and he was really frustrated. Yeah. Um, especially one of the guys, like one of the first questions that someone asked him, man, people don't hold back. They're like, "Yo, did you did you disrespect Code Vivo and get punished for it or something like that?" And it's like, Bro, like some people are, are, are savages out here. Um, but I think it was more like you know he, he's yeah for them it's it's simple they have to they have to improve mm -hmm. for me they're the worst team in this group because yeah. you know i'm i'm hoping as someone who, who who loves the underdogs that equatorial guinea are no slouches you know they're 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 a really really good team and like they're really well put together they have, they have an excellent coach in Juan Micho Biang. so i think for me like guinea bissau it's it's going to be hard work for them to get anything out of this group um, and and it's all going to come down to that 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 next game against Equatorial Guinea, Guinea because they find themselves in the same position that they did last Afcon because obviously they were with with you guys the Super Eagles last Afcon and Egypt yeah. and Sudan and the mistake they made is they didn't they didn't win that game against Sudan and that yeah. with the way the groups are and, and that third place being so key you have to beat the other basement boy you know yeah. you have to and and for them oh bro that was the worst game of Afcon 2021 I can't lie that nil nil. <laughs> I'll never get those 90 minutes back. But for me, like, it's going to be hard work because genuinely Equatorial Guinea, I can see them getting a draw against, against to be honest, against the Super Eagles unless Super Eagles get the act together. Yeah. And then if, if, if Equatorial Guinea get that result, you know, you'd have them as favorites to beat Guinea-Bissau. So it's, it's, gonna be, it's a long road back for, for Guinea-Bissau, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I mean, it's sad, you know, you always want, you always want a bit of jeopardy and excitement. But um, yeah. It's the natural order of things sometimes good players and good managers i suppose get what they get to get their rewards mm. um i suppose i suppose the next thing now you know is gasse the oldest manager at the afcon i think he is he must be man I've, yeah. I've, i'll be honest i didn't know much about him coming into the tournament and then he walked into the press conference i was like bro this guy needs someone to give him a stick or something he looks yeah. so old um yeah yeah i think he is and and for again i think for me, there was two questions around this this Ivorian team coming into the tournament. Yeah. One was goalkeeper Yaya Fofana, not because he's a bad goalkeeper, because I think he's actually been the best goalkeeper in the league. Though. I think he's got the most clean sheets with Ange. Yeah. But it was the fact that he literally just came in this year. He yeah. displaced Badra Ali Sangare, uh, who's um 
not not a great goalkeeper, but his you know experienced lots of caps, etc. And so questions of how he would do, and you know I think he looked good in terms of shot stopping. His distribution wasn't as good as I was hoping. But the other big question was was Jean-Louis Gasset because again, like we were saying about players, the same with managers, man. You can't. It's so rare for you to walk into an Afcon and 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 get that that W. You know, even you, we think of the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest coach alive um, and most beautiful man, Herb Renard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, only, the only guy to win it with two countries. Yeah. Is even for him, he was he was uh, he he'd done his, his his like work as an assistant. You know, on yeah. the continent before he he, had, he was familiar with the continent. Where Gasset just came straight from, he was at Bordeaux and you know, kind of French club football. So I think for me that was the biggest question. But so far he's he's not really put a foot wrong. Um, yeah, he's done well. Um, I think I think you mentioned as well before on the on the account that he um you know there was there was obviously some comments on on um on the Amande. Um, what do you think? Where do you think? Gasset sees him mm. like where do you think he 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 sees him as as the, as the tournament pro progresses yeah let, let me tell you man this is the this is how good this Cote d'Ivoire team is right we talk about their midfield that i think they have the strongest midfield in the tournament their center backs yeah. is unreal the amount of center backs they have right this is a team where they played three center backs in a back four because they they, they wanted to get Wilfred Singo in, in instead of, of Serge Aurier, which breaks my heart, but I totally understand why. Serge Aurier isn't fully, isn't fully fit, though. Um, yeah, so, I think, yeah, but I, I think there's a lot of... It's funny. I think he splits opinions so much because he, he came to do his warm-up right at the end of the first half. He got such a big cheer. Yeah. Like, huge cheer. Like, people love him. But then on Twitter, I was, like, reading through, there was, you know, one of one of the Ivorian journalists, he's kind of in the node, did a, like, predicted team yesterday, and he didn't have Aria in there. And loads of people were like, oh, crazy. Like, we don't want his nonsense in this team. Like, so I think he splits opinion. But but what I was saying is, like, this Ivorian team, the amount of centre-backs they have. So you have those three starting at centre-back. Willie Bali, who's, you know, brilliant, solid Premier League defender yeah. on the bench. Odilin Kosunu, starting at Bayer Leverkusen, best team in Germany this season, looking yeah. brilliant. He can't even get a look in. You know, he, he literally, they had four center backs play yesterday and he didn't get in. But I think for me, that's that's how much, and it was I was so surprised that Giomande started because he's only 20. You know, he's so young. He's been brilliant at sporting. But I think that it was strange because Gasset was saying like, he, he looked like he was overwhelmed with the occasion. Mm -hmm. He looked like he was struggling, and that's why he brought him off. But then he was saying, like, oh, but I think he'll be really better for it. Um, I, I didn't actually think he was terrible. I thought Singo was the one who was struggling a bit more on the ball. Um, but I, I think it might – it didn't look good for Giamande. I hope he gets another look in because I do think he's terrific. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if the next match we see, you know, Willie Bali starting at that right-sided right, right -sided center back. But, yeah, we'll see. It's a shame because I, I do like him, and I think, I think he'll be their best center back for the next decade. Yeah, I, I I think I'm of that of that opinion as well. That's why I was I was interested to to hear your comments on him. But um, it kind of it's kind of funny because they've got such a surplus of of centre backs. Do you think at any point France come calling and saying, "Look, you guys aren't, aren't getting games for for Cote d'Ivoire"? Like, do you want do you want to you want to want to hand in your <laughs> your Cote d'Ivoire? <laughs> get, get that French one. I think fortunately for Cote d'Ivoire, the guy all of them have made enough enough caps where France can't steal them. I think Giamande was the closest. I think it was the World Cup qualifiers. He got his like I think it's fourth cap, which made okay. him ineligible, <laughs> which is good because yeah, like like you said, the people. But also, I think players 
Some of them are, but I think Diomande is, isn't even eligible to play for France. You know, he's born, oh, yeah, yeah, born and right. bred in, in, yeah. in Cote d'Ivoire. So, no, I think France, yeah, but honestly, like, there's a, a, there's a wealth, there's a wealth of them, and it's and it's it's hilarious because France themselves also have a wealth of yeah, centre backs. Exactly, well. <laughs> but and that, and that's the thing I love about international football because, like, you have you know Cotiwar who have you know, I would say five of the best twenty centre backs at this tournament. Yeah, right. And then you have the Super Eagles who have like ten of the best strikers in the world, yeah. but don't have a midfield, don't have a goalkeeper. Like this, is what I love about international football, like you just have to make things the work. Skills like, are so unbalanced. Yeah, you can only make for for just wonderful, wonderful viewing. Honestly, exactly. Um, I think I think this is a this is a great place, great place to, to leave it. Um, we'll be back very, very, very soon. I mean, there's literally football every single day for the the next two weeks before mm-hmm. the the um the group stage um finishes um you know exactly where to find us at the at the plantation on twitter as well alistair can you just plug yourselves again please because guys go follow them seriously go follow them go interact with all their shit they are so so fucking good i'm like deadly serious like i don't endorse many people but i'm deadly serious about this guys do it or else i'll come find you no, I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, we don't have the same the same good vibes that you guys have. I, I absolutely love the vibes you guys have going here. But we, we we have done a lot for the tournament. Like, in terms of previews, we've we've done a preview on every single country coming to the tournament, um, yeah. aside, and, aside from Guinea-Bissau, actually. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, with proper kind of experts and stuff like that. And then we've got some interviews with the likes of Jan Wiesa, Frank Onyeka, and... Yeah a few others so i yeah definitely tune in to if, if you're if you're interested in that in that sort of thing because for us we love we love african football and we love afcon that's what we live for yeah and and if i remember correctly your your twitter is otw um underscore podcast if that's right and it's the same for your instagram as well yes sir yeah okay that's great so guys you know where to follow them go search that on on your on your spotify your apple Podcasts. Amazon Music, all of that, all of that good stuff. They are fantastic, and this is a joint venture, so you can find this pod on both on both our platforms. And we'll be coming back with video pods as well um, once we sort out the logistics. So yeah, guys, it's been great. Cannot wait to speak to you guys again. Take care. Peace. I'm just so special, it's the occasion I'm a pop champagne like it's a celebration All across the nation, I-N-A-P-L-A-N-T-A-I-N-A-P-L-A-N-T-A-I-N-A-P-L-A-N-T-A-I-N-A-P-L-A-N-T-A-I-N-A-P-L-A-N-T-A-I-N-A-P-L-